That's a dreadful call and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. And welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. The English season rapidly upon us as we had the Community Shield over the weekend. Arsenal taking down Liverpool 5-4 on penalties after a 1-1 draw after 90 minutes. That was all she wrote at Wembley as Aubameyang netting another goal at Wembley, his third in something like a month. But welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Pissarro. We got Alex Moss and Javier Arevalo along for the ride. And we're, we've got a bunch to talk about. We'll talk a little bit about this Community Shield. We'll talk some transfer news and rumors and get you ready for, like I said, the Premier League season that is rapidly approaching. September 12th is opening uh, kickoff, which we'll see Liverpool host Leeds United and a whole bunch more. But let's start with the uh, Community Shield. How are we doing, boys? Doing pretty well. Glad that there's like very little break in the footy. It was like the Champions League final happened and then we have the Community Shield like a week later. So, And like the French League started back up. So it's been pretty nice that we're already like getting back into it. I'm not going to lie. It did not feel right to have the Community Shield. Nothing feels right anymore. That is Nothing weird. Feels right. that, that is weird. Yeah. That's that's fair. It, it was. I mean, also, and I know there's going to be some fans at some stadiums this year. Like I know there was like a small. Like there's some fans in France right now, and they're they're still figuring out all the logistics. But to have an empty Wembley for this match was just like so depressing. But uh, I'll say this: it was it was a decent game for for a glorified glorified friendly, which is what it is, or as uh, Harvey Elliott called it, that stupid McDonald's trophy. I don't know if you guys saw that on Instagram. He's no, like, I did not. It was on an Instagram Live, and Harvey Elliott was like, didn't care about the McDonald's Cup anyways. We've got six Champions Leagues or something like that. So uh, already the, the classic deflection of not a trophy. But uh, Javier, I'll let you start before I talk about Liverpool. What did you think of uh, the defensive shape and the team that uh, Arteta ran out there? No, I mean, I thought it was uh, – we, we played pretty, pretty well in the first half, I thought we deserved the lead in the first half and then I think Liverpool were better in the second half and you could see that Arsenal um, most of our players had only gotten back a few days before like David Luiz had had one training session a um, few other players had just gotten back a few days earlier and Liverpool had already been playing preseason for a couple of weeks so um, no yeah I was you know I thought it was a good game but like you said it's I mean it's a glorified friendly it's not a not a big deal at all, but um, it still is a competitive game and something that you want to win um, because every all those players are competitors, and in the end, you know they um, they want to win everything they can, every game they can. And I thought that neither of you sound that enthused. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, like I'm the one who's like, why are we talking about this? About <laughs> no, no, I mean it was it, just but... it was a fun game. I I, I really liked Aubameyang's goal. I thought it was you know really good. We were playing out the back of Liverpool, pressing us, and we were able to yeah that we were able to to a similar very similar goal to the one that we scored against Manchester City in the FA Cup semi final. Um, and 
I'm not going to, like, count it as, like, oh, look, like, we're, you know, he beat Liverpool again because it was, like, on penalties and it, it, it was, like, a friendly. But both teams wanted to win. Both put out strong lineups. Like, Liverpool had their full starting lineup except for Trent, Rob, Trent and Henderson. Um, and mm-hmm. Arsenal had, you know, for what we had, we put out our strongest lineup too. So, I, I mean, it was it was still a good game. It was competitive. And it's always good for confidence to get started, to get the season started with – a win in the community shield if you're in it. So it doesn't really mean anything. It just means it, it'll just give the players a little bit more of a, a boost when it comes to confidence and going into the new season. That's all. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll say this. Uh, Nico Williams is not Trent Alexander Arnold. I know a lot of people want to say that he's the heir apparent, but he's definitely not on that level yet and still needs more experience. And, the heir apparent um, to a 21-year-old? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's going to be a rough place to be. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, no, he, look, they just don't get the productivity out of that right side when, when Trent's not there. Uh, but I did like a lot with, uh, with uh, Takumi Minamino. Uh, when he came on, they kind of pushed into this more 4-2-3-1 with Salah becoming the central striker. Firmino playing more as a number 10. And then... Mane moved over to the right and Minamino was on the left. And I, I thought that was pretty effective. I'm, I'm excited to see how that kind of plays out this year. Naby Keita came on and definitely changed the game for Liverpool. And so I, I just hope he starts the season strong and running. And, and Should have been injured. sent off. That's the most that crucial horrible thing. fucking tackle he had. But, I mean, it, it, he didn't even get carded. When Xavi Alonso <laughs> doesn't get sent off for that in the in – the, or who kicked Xavi Alonso in the 2010 World Cup? Well, like a lot harder than that. Nigel de Jong. Yeah, when Nigel de Jong doesn't – yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it was – it was an entertaining game. Uh, the, the one thing I will say I was frustrated about was Klopp said beforehand, because they haven't decided what they're doing with Rion Brewster, the striker, if they're going to send him out on loan, where he scored a goal every other uh, – he had like 11 goals in 22 appearances or something like that for Swansea. It was like he literally hit on hit a goal in every other game for them mathematically. And Klopp said he's going to use him in this game specifically and then only brought him on for the penalty, and he's obviously the guy who misses the penalty hitting the crossbar. You jinxed it, Andrew. Yeah, you're out here betting on friendlies, and that's yeah, what you I did. get. Yeah, I did. I did bet on this game. I bet. On, I bet the over because the last, you know, most of the time when Liverpool Arsenal play, we get a lot of a lot of goals, and I figured this is a preseason game, and who knows what's going to happen. And then not new Arsenal. Yeah, we, we trot Arsenal out the five up, to five up at the back. You know, play on the counter attack. Yeah. Um. Exactly. But you know what? I I, I don't. I'll say this. I do not regret. <laughs> throwing the money down i just i feel led astray by the reports that said that rian brewster was going to get play time in this game when he never got he literally came on moments before the 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 the, the shootout so that penalty I, have counted as your goal for him or would it no only it definitely wouldn't minutes? have okay. first, it wouldn't have because you know i know they won five four in penalties but it was still a one one game that went to you know it was still a one one game like that was the result all right, let's move on from this. Let's get right into the transfers. We got a bunch to talk about. We got a couple rumors, and we do have one one out of the Premier League uh, transfer that we'll talk about because it involves the U.S. Men's National Team. If you don't realize that one, I, I you should probably go on Twitter.com. Donny Van de Beek is rumored to go to Ajax to Manchester United for up to forty million. Uh, it could go even higher, from what I've read on uh, you know the typical clauses and such that every every team seems to put in with Manchester United these days. Um, 
the talented midfielder who we all knew from that IX uh, semifinal Champions League run a couple years ago. I think this could be a great. I think this would be a great move for United in, in, in an area where they don't have a ton of depth or where their depth is uh, um, Jesse Lingard and Andres Pereira, who just aren't the grade for a top four team. So I, I think this would be. I don't know if he would necessarily like walk in and start next to. Uh, next to Pogba and Bruno Fernandez, but this is definitely a guy who you could make a substitution late in the game and is going to with all the games that they're going to have to play. That's a really good rotational player, I, and I, I don't I, think the, young the Pogba Dutch. Fernandez Van de Beek. I think it'd be way too attacking. Like I don't, like I don't feel yeah, I like that would be like a a midfield that they can play and get away with. Maybe against really shit teams, which is why this is. This is the spell spells the end for uh, Paul Pogba at United. So? I feel wow. like this is United saying, "Listen, we like we know you want out. You only just wanted back in now that things are going well, and we signed a player like Bruno Fernandez that you know can kind of like shoulder most of the creative and goal scoring burden." Uh, yeah, yeah, this kind of sh- uh, shows Pogba like we don't need you if you need to if you want to leave then go ahead because. I mean, what was it for like two years before uh, the the second half of uh, this past season? Like Pogba, all the all of the quotes were about him wanting out, wanting to go to Real Madrid, wanting to go to Juventus. Now United don't really need him. Like I, honestly, they should like. I know they'll probably end up starting Pogba and uh, and Bruno Fernandez as the two more like attacking, like forceful players in that lineup, but. You know, as soon as Pogba's energy level dips or he gets injured and Vanderbeek comes in, I think Pogba's going to have a real tough time getting back into the team because Vanderbeek is uh, as as important to what uh, Ajax were trying to do like two years ago as uh, as De Jong and De Ligt were. Vanderbeek and Ziyech were the two players that were just knitting everything together in the final third. And Vanderbeek, he had. He, I think I, I remember saying to like Javier definitely. During that Champions League run, that Vanderbeek is making like late runs into the box that uh, like I haven't really seen made as frequently as like Frank Lampard. No, I was gonna say Frank he reminds me kind of like a young Ramsey um, before Ramsey got yeah, hurt. Yeah, that's probably yeah. a better like. He, he that I feel like his but, his ceiling is it's probably similar to what Ramsey's was before that injury, um, and I mean Ramsey was one of the best midfielders in the world at that time, so. Um, I think Van de Beek is not quite at that level. I mean, he's been playing in Holland this whole time, and he hasn't been like lighting it up since he's a young kid. But I think this is now his big move and his chance to show it that you know he does deserve. He lit it up in the Champions League. He did, League, but though. but that was like, one yeah. season. He, he showed he that belonged. was one season. He he did last year too. He was he was. I mean, I know they didn't get out of the group, but you know he's still. I mean, I remember him scoring against us to make it four one, and me just feeling like. Oh God, we can't stop ZX and Vanderbeek. Like, there's just too much technical ability. Like, he, he's still a very, very good player. And United getting him, I think they sh- should be treated as somewhat of a of a coup because he's been linked with Real Madrid, Barcelona, like ever since that uh, Champions League run. And I honestly thought Barcelona were going to get him with all of the Dutch players that Komen has been bringing in. But mm-hmm. you know, if United, I mean. Fabrizio says it's it's happening, so it's happening. Yeah. But when United pull this off, that's going to be a very, very uh, big signing for them. Uh, speaking of Pogba, his contract technically expires in 2021 in at the end of June. However, there are a lot of reports out there that United are going to link him to a new long-term contract, but that just might be to make sure that they don't right. lose their investment. And I, I still think both sides would agree that 
him potentially leaving. I know there was links of him trying to go back to Juventus even, and, and Madrid has always been the, the you know, the quote-unquote he'll end up there eventually. So I don't think his future is long for Old Trafford, but I do think it will be through this season. But again, you know, grabbing a 23-year-old Donny Van, Van de Beek, this is good business from United. It's not the only business they need to get done, but it does sound like, and speaking of the big, you know, United for Jaden Sancho, that, that I haven't heard anything reliable on that in weeks at this point and so yeah he's staying i think he's staying uh let's move we've got two defenders signing for chelsea we got tiago silva moving on a free from psg and malang sar moving from nice on a free alex how excited are you to add some more depth to the back line over at uh, stanford bridge yeah you know everyone was criticizing chelsea for signing only attacking players uh, havertz isn't official yet but like that was the big one for the past month that we were trying to get done and we'd obviously already signed Werner and Ziyech. So in the past week, Chelsea decided to drop a big FU and go get Chilwell, Malang Sar, and uh, Thiago Silva all in the same week. Uh, back to back to back. Three days in a row where we had transfer announcements. It was it was nice. It was fun. Yeah, fuck um, Chelsea. But the, yeah, fuck you, you like guys. <laughs> I'll start with the Thiago Silva one since he's actually going to play for us. Uh, it's obviously like it's a necessary signing. We needed experience and leadership in that back line we have like quality players on paper in uh, Zuma and Christensen and Tamori and at times Rudiger but Rudiger just doesn't look like he's even though he's 27 or 28 and has been as the most like senior of all the center backs at, at the moment he, he just he was the most mistake prone for the past two years and that hasn't showed any signs of turning around and he doesn't really look like he has the leadership qualities you need from that most senior center back. So bringing in Silva on a one plus one year deal, uh, I think it's a club option for another year. It's like a it's a low risk, high reward move, similar to that Maling, Maling Sar signing, where you know I don't think we're going to end up playing uh, Thiago Silva like like thirty plus games in the league. I think we'll end up. Uh, playing him in the big games, Champions League and Premier League, and then continuing to develop uh, Christensen, Zuma, and Tamori in uh, most other games against, you know, or in games that you wouldn't consider, you know, top six or uh, big Champions League nights. So he's a good, like, trump card to pull out uh, when we need him. He's very versatile. We can play him in the back three or in a a back four. Uh, And honestly, I think we'll end up Seeing Silva and, uh, and and Zuma probably start the season, and depending on uh, how much rest Silva needs or how well uh, Zuma plays next to him, uh, that that could be that could be changed. It's I don't think it's going to be like Thiago Silva pulling off like forty plus uh, starts in all competitions. He, he just he didn't even do that at PSG the last year or two. He was he is thirty primed and ready. Yeah, no, he's thir- he turns thirty six in less than a month. Yeah, so. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that of him, but while he's here, he could maybe provide some of that leadership and experience that has helped uh, players like Marquinhos and uh, Presnel Kimpembe become such good young defenders. So I'm uh, hoping he can work that same sort of magic. And as for Saar, he's he's a good prospect. Uh, I sent Javier a tweet uh, that was going around the Chelsea uh, Reddit the other day once we signed him. It was a tweet from 2017 of uh, someone linking Malang Sar when he was 18 at the time to Chelsea, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Arsenal, and that Nice wanted 37 million for him. 
Uh, some things have not gone his way since Patrick Vieira took over. He got pushed out to left back when he's more of a left-sided center back and has kind of struggled there. Um, so now we get him on a free and uh, yeah, it, it just looks like a nice uh, a nice lone army addition that we can loan out to Germany uh, for the next year or two and then bring him back in the final years of his contract and see what he's got. And if he doesn't look like he's ready for the Premier League, then we sell him for... Uh, for, for straight profit. of cash. Yeah, yeah a little exactly. bit of profit. Yeah, now, look, I'll say this about Tiago Silva. I agree with you. Leadership qualities and, and, you know, you've got so many young, impressionable defenders around the club still that, like, just having that experience is going to get is be big. I do think, though, somebody is going – someone in the league is going to just completely, like, put Tiago Silva on his ass. Like, like physically. That's, that's, the, that's how you defend. You have yeah. to, you have to put yourself on the chopping block sometimes in order to take the risk to prevent a goal. And sometimes you made to, you get made to look like an asshole. But yeah. you know, yes, somebody's going to turn him around. That's it's going to happen. Because just because you know he isn't as fast as he used to be, but I do. I for all intents and purposes, I think he brings a lot to Chelsea, and I think that leadership is going to be something. Really it has to be mentioned that he's only played in farmer leagues his entire career. I know that he's played in the Champions League a good amount, but um, he's only played in Italy and in France. Uh, he's yeah, never played in. Won, he's, he's never Italy played. He's never played in Spain. Italy wasn't sure. a farmers yeah, league. Yeah, yeah. When, 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 when he was young, when he was young, you're right. Like when he, when he won the title with Milan and like in the mid mid and late 2000s, that was a, a, a much more like intense Italian league. But for the last you know seven or eight years of his career, at least w- like week in and week out, I'm not talking about the Champions League because every player can have you know a few good performances in the Champions League, um, and I think. A lot of people will just, you know, because he has that really high rating on FIFA or whatever and always has, um, there'll be a little biased for him. But I, I for one, think that he, the Premier League is going to be a lot for him. So I think I agree with Alex in terms that you can't be playing this guy, you know, 30 games in a Premier League season because he's going to get hurt. Um, I mean, we saw, I, I, I was saying to Alex, like players like Ziyech, like I don't know about Werner because Werner looks like a, a just another type of level of player, but... Ch already got hurt, like <laughs> like in a preseason friendly, and uh, we're you know. It's his first game in six I, months. I know, but what I'm saying is just watch him play a few Premier League games. The <clears> dude's <throat> gonna be fucking broken like glass. So um, when you've been playing in these, I'd, I'd keep telling myself that too if I, I was mean, you guys. I mean, I, I am, I am. He's been. <laughs> I mean, he's not been, worried about Z. He's just been to, playing in Holland his entire career. Like like you think he's gonna be able to take the intensity of the Premier League for week in and week out? Like let's see. Like there's so many players who yeah, when they come in the sure. first year or two. When they've been playing in these smaller leagues, they don't play as well. They get hurt a lot, and it takes them a couple of years to adjust. Doesn't mean they're not going to be successful down the line. But I'm saying with Thiago Silva, I'm not so sure that in these big games he's going to be able to show up. Um, I think him signing it for Chelsea and being like a not necessarily a week in week out starter was a smarter move than him going to Everton, where everyone was just going to expect him to like lead that team and be the captain. And and I think taking on the role at Chelsea as like a more of a bit part player than a, like a necessarily a week in week out starter, I think was a smarter move for him. But uh, also yeah. the, the expectations for Chelsea and I may be controversial for saying this after this huge window we're having, but you know, we're, we're, no one thinks we're going to win the league this year. I, I think other fans are saying like now the, the, the goal has to be to win the league this year, but most realistic Chelsea fans understand that this is still a team largely built on youth. So, you know, just adding Thiago Silva to that 
doesn't mean that all of the youth players in the team are all of a sudden going to be mentored by him and, and progress way faster than we expected. So it's not the same expectation for this specific season at Chelsea that Thiago Silva has had at PSG for the last seven or eight seasons and at AC Milan before that. Uh, the guy was just playing in a Champions League final, and I, he looked good. I didn't yeah. like the goal was not like his his fault. It was he's kind of uh, not really involved in it. And the rest of the game, him, Kimpembe, and Marquinhos, who I admit are two better defensive players who are more important to that PSG team, they held their own against the best team in Europe, a team that put seven past us in two games. So yeah, give me Thiago Silva. I'll take him. He's also played well for Brazil in most of his career there and like been one of like Not the, in the World Cups. N- n- well, he was hurt he, for this. He wasn't 7-1 present game. for the seven one, yeah. yeah but, he was I mean, he was hurt or he was suspended or whatever, but I mean he did win a Copa America. I don't remember if he was in the played in the final against Peru, but uh he was he's trying to get back th- into that World Cup uh, team for two thousand twenty two. No chance he yeah. Which yeah. I don't think he'll no do. Chance. Yeah, I don't think he'll do it either, but you know, he, it's a good goal for him to set to keep playing at a high level. So I'll yeah. uh, I'll take it. Speaking of Brazilians, uh, let's jump over to Alan from Napoli, who's joining Everton for 25 million euros and additional add-ons. And additionally, there's a hot rumor that James Rodriguez, remember him? Remember when he used to play football? I literally don't remember the last time we saw him play for Madrid. Uh, could join Everton as well. Uh, what do we think? Uh, Alan obviously had connected with Carlo Ancelotti at, at uh, Napoli. During his brief stay there, and James Rodriguez played for Carlo both at Bayern Munich when he was on loan from Real Madrid and while he was at Real Madrid. What if you so. told Everton fans a few years ago when Komen was their manager that their current manager would be the manager of Barcelona, that they would have Carlo Ancelotti managing them, that they would have Allen and James Rodriguez joining their team? They'd be like, Wait, what's going on? Like, are we winning the league? Like, are we like, no, no, you finished 12th last year. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's a crazy world right and, now. And conversely, what if you told Alan a year or two ago, you're going to end up signing for Everton and not PSG? Because <laughs> PSG ended up not wanting to fork over whatever huge transfer some uh, Napoli were demanding at the time. But for Everton to sneak in and get Alan now... I was telling one of my United fan friends, like, where the hell are you guys? Like, don't you need a Apparently player like that? Apparently he just wanted to work with Ancelotti and, and, and was, like, dead set on yeah. going to Everton. Oh, I know. So I'm sure they're going to pay him really high wages. I, heard- I think they're number number five or six. Like, outside of the top six teams, they're by far the highest wages, um, like, per average. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be making one of their highest paid players. I've heard, and I don't watch a ton of Napoli these days, so uh, I've heard he has lost a little bit. Like, he's not the player that he was when everyone was, like, rumored after him. But this yeah, once is... the PSG move fell through, he kind of dropped off a little bit. Like, he was kind of pissed off about that falling through and Idrissa yeah, getting to go there instead. Yeah, I could see that. And, and I'll say this. I mean, I just think the big thing Everton need to do is, like, freshen up this squad. Like, they just have so many, like, round, like round peg square hole or whatever the you know what i mean like square peg round hole type guys that at least alan knows how to play carlos style football so yeah he can play defensive midfield he can play as like a box-to-box midfielder though his like goal contributions aren't too high he can still like fulfill that energy that's needed if they pull off uh him and james rodriguez then i mean those are huge gets, but I still think that only puts them like in the top half of. Sounds the like Hamas is going to be a year-long loan. Like no one wants to actually pay a transfer fee for him, um, and his right. wages are so high <laughs> that Hummus. 
I'm pretty sure like Real is still going to have to be paying part of the wages, or I don't know, maybe Everton can afford the wages, but no type of transfer fee. At the same time, the team that was rumored with James Rodriguez uh, before this was Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you're getting a player that Atletico Madrid were at least considering to try and he played play alongside times. Joe Felix. He put he he played eight times for Real Madrid or fourteen total times last year for Real Madrid, which is just like. If, if anything, he's he's fresh. Like, there's no mileage on the leg from last year. That's one year. way of looking at it. But at the same time... Or he's Mesut Ozil, and uh, he's going to come in and be a complete yeah. shit. So that's probably the more likely well, I mean, one of the two. That's a very good one. Uh, Rodrigo joining Valen- uh, Rodrigo leaving Valencia, joining Leeds United for $30 million. Uh, he was a standout in Portugal for Benfica for a hot second there, and then had been playing well at Valencia. There's a massive fire sale going on at Valencia. Big, like big owner, fall, like fall off last wages. season, though. Um, he he kind of yeah. – the rest of the team was playing really well. Like Valencia as a team played well, but Rodrigo had his really good year. I, I was looking at his stats like two years ago where he had like 16 goals in the league. He had like eight or nine assists. His stats have fallen off a lot in the last couple of years. Um, I think maybe he just needed a new team. He's still pretty young, um, and he's still getting some minutes for Spain. So uh, I, I still think it's a great signing for Leeds. And, I mean, you know, instead of having Bamford leading the line, you know, having Rodrigo leading the line as Spanish international, I'm pretty sure that's a, it's a big, big upgrade for them. So I'm sure Leeds fans are going to be really excited. But- they can also play him on either wing. Like he's especially good playing on the right and and cutting in on his left. But I mean, obviously he's going to be preferred as the center forward there. But if you know Bamford, if Bielsa decides to give Bamford another shot at the Premier League uh, a, a few years later than the last time then, that he was here, then they could obviously they could always play Rodrigo out on the right. But yeah, that I mean, it's a huge like statement of intent is the main point of that of that signing. I don't know how many more they're going to make. But to go out and get a uh, Champions League caliber uh, center forward who may not have had a great season, but scored the winner at Stamford Bridge, a part of me is like they just like Leeds and Chelsea. We're just going to rekindle our old rivalry, and they're just going out and getting players that have done well against Chelsea in the past. Because I can see Rodrigo coming to Chelsea and just you know nipping another one nil uh, uh, for Leeds this time instead of Valencia. So it, it, it's a huge statement of intent and uh, it gives them a better chance of staying up for sure. But I, I need to see what signings they make for the, the rest of that squad. Uh, yeah. There's still improvements to be made two weeks before the season starts. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, we got one more Premier League one. We'll, we'll just hit Jeff, uh, Jeff Hendrick from Burnley to Newcastle on a, on a free transfer. Yeah. Just throw my, uh, my, my Irish uh, attacking midfielder in there. I, I think that's a sneaky get for Newcastle. You know, he's got a, a high work rate. Can play not only as a attacking midfielder, he can play a little bit deeper. Uh, he can play out wide right if you really need him to. Um, not too many goals, but then again, how many Newcastle players really contribute that many goals? Uh, but yeah, they seem to just make up for it with players with a lot of commitment and work rate, and Jeff Hendrick fits that mold. Yep. Uh, so still no news on Thiago to Liverpool, Kai Havertz to Chelsea. Uh, those are still... That, that, that's going to be happening early this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah. Well, supposedly it's already wrapped up. The medical's wrapped up, and he had mm. to get it done before he went off to international duty. That makes sense. So I'm guessing they're going to like release all of like, you know, or like announce it. But he'll already be off with Germany uh, yeah. when they announce it. So just watch, watch Fabrizio Romano's uh, uh, Twitter. He, Fabrizio's hand. already given it. Here we go. He gave it a yeah. here we go like a week or two ago. Then yeah, then uh, 
The other one that, that he had today was uh, Sandro Tonali joining um, AC Milan, which was wild because he was supposed to go to Inter. Um, and then the last one, uh, speaking of Italy, is Weston McKinney leaving Schalke to go to Juventus. Um, it's an initial loan, but it's it's like an loan with like a like a obligation oh. to buy or whatever. It's and I was listening to a podcast about this this week. Essentially, a lot of Italian clubs do this so that they can help spread out the payment structure over like a different year. It's just for finances, but um, he's going to be a Juventus player, and uh, this is from what I've heard. This is exactly the type of player that Juventus are missing in that midfield and. Uh, to you know, he's gonna go get a chance to play for Pirlo and and play alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. So it's another you know American player playing at a top tier club that's gonna be competing for competing in the Champions League. So you'll have obviously Christian Pulisic at Chelsea, Gio Reyna at uh, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Weston now at Juventus, and then uh, Tyler Adams over at Rebel Leipzig or RB Leipzig, whatever the hell you want to call it. But I, look, I'm excited for this move. I don't know. I wouldn't expect him to score a ton of goals, but I would expect him to, to play 20 to 30 times this year for Juventus, assuming he's healthy. Yeah, he kind of had to get out of that uh, that Schalke team that seems to be kind of uh, sinking a little bit in terms of stature. They still produce great players, just like him and Goretzka and plenty of others, but it, it felt like watching Schalke that like Weston McKinney was like one of two players that were, you know, truly impactful to that team and that if either one of them uh the other one is their striker that i can't remember the name of right now but if either one of mckinney or their uh best attacking player didn't show up it was just going to be a route uh against shulk and he's been asked to play in multiple positions you know he's obviously best as a defensive midfielder but he can play as a center back he can play it right back he's it's a it's a skill but for a young player you want him uh, committed to learning his craft in a single position, which I, th- I think he'll get the chance to do at Juventus. But obviously, if there's some sort of like injury crisis, they can fall back on uh, moving him in, either into a back three or as a center back in uh, a back four. So, um, yeah, it, it's a it's a really good move for him. Like on the level of Pulisic going to Chelsea just at the right time, it's a, a very good time to be going to Juventus with a, a new manager who's going to be giving him a, a good chance. I imagine. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, well, that Javier's about, not as excited. He's yeah, not as no. excited. About I don't know Weston too McKinney. much about him, so I wasn't gonna like give put in my input. I haven't I haven't watched him play so much. So, but it is it is cool he to get player. uh, American players, you know, all in, in in big teams around Europe. So, he was linked to uh, to a bunch of uh, English teams too before this move came through because apparently uh, his club Schalke is like uh, the owner wants to move like they're financially in trouble and like they want to move away from being a team that's trying to compete and they just want to like develop players and sell them on so like which isn't I, I mean Southampton makes a lot of money but you don't necessarily want to be the team that's developing talent for everyone else so uh, but it sounds like that's what Schalke is doing uh, and then we have one uh, fan question from uh, Chris Chimera aka the uh, the plug for Peacock again two years in a row shout out Chris shout uh, out Chris uh, talk about Angolo Conte, who's been linked to Inter before. Again, um, his status at Chelsea is is I wouldn't say as rumor. There were rumors hot earlier in the summer, but I haven't seen much lately. Listen, um, I threw this in there for Chris because mm-hmm. he's a friend. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's the plug. Mm-hmm. But Chris, I just want to tell you right now, Angolo Conte is not leaving leaving Chelsea. Like. You can entertain it because newspapers and blogs are entertaining it. But N'Golo Conte is not leaving Chelsea. Uh, he just signed like a four or five year deal, I want to say like a year ago. 
Um, he had one of the most injury plagued seasons of his career this year, um, or this past year. But how many times have we said that for great players before? Eden Hazard has had multiple like injury hit seasons that you wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole, namely the fifteen sixteen season after winning the league with Mourinho, and then this past season where he had a bunch of injuries in his first year with uh, Real Madrid. No, no one's giving up on Eden Hazard. You know these like, these these quality of players who have won. Premier League Player of the Year and, you know, won the World Cup playing in the same position that Frank's going to be having Kante play in this season. You don't give those players up. I mean, if someone came in with like a gaudy bid, like PSG came in with or for a bid like of 100 mil or something, what, uh, well, I'd be upset, but I would understand why they would take that. But what if, about, unless it's something like that, I doubt what, Chelsea. What about 55 million rising to 60 or something no. if they win the Champions League? No. Because Inter aren't winning the Champions League. No, no I was if, I was saying PSG, but like, uh, I mean, even then, no. Like, it has to be like a blow your socks off offer, and we have plenty of other players that uh that, that definitely need moving on that we should be focused on moving on first that we can still get a pretty good price for. You can still get good money for like Emerson, even though he's not like a great player. Uh, Marina Granovskaya has shown in the past that she can work magic with outgoing players with little to no leverage. So the idea of her even being willing to talk about N'Golo Kante, a player that Chelsea don't want to leave and don't like, aren't uh, looking to offload, just seems laughable. Like it's not, it's not going to happen. He's just as likely to come back and have a great season next year at the base of uh, midfield for the first time in like what, like four or five years or three years than he is to have another injury plague season. If he goes through this season, it's more of the same, more injuries, then sure, sell him. We won't get as much money for him, but, you know, we're not in the money-making business. We're in the trophy-winning business. So it's I, I, I think you ride with N'Golo Kante. You don't give up that easily with him. Would you? He did ask about Declan Rice. He, would you sell Kante to get Declan Rice? Would you? No, because we can have both. Yeah. That's what exactly what I was going to say. That's the mentality you have to have as a Chelsea fan. Why not both? What was that commercial? <laughs> the little girl oh, <laughs> asked yeah. about like salsa or something. She's like, why and not it both? Was, uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was a taco commercial. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think if you could get both, you do, especially because you could have Conte mentor him before he takes the the starting role. Uh, that's about it in terms of uh, rumors for this week and recent players so we'll probably have at least one more of these before the uh season kicks off as more signings are happening are happening as the uh days go by hopefully the international break doesn't like slow up the transfers because i yeah. thought there would be more uh but there haven't been too many i mean plenty for chelsea but i thought there'd be more just around europe more big ones yeah um, and we're um, obviously keep, still keeping an eye on the, the messy saga because that's gotten a bit messy <laughs> yes yes well it was messy to begin with uh, I, I'm I haven't seen enough signings from West Brom or from Leeds or from uh, Fulham either, which I mean doesn't concern me. But I would they be did concerned. sign uh they did sign uh, American left back Anthony Robinson. I did uh, see Fulham that. did that's like a yes. nice little signing. I think he'll he'll do well there. Yeah, I think I think he was ready to to take a a shot Wigan, Wigan are on a fire fire cell also because they're like on the verge of collapsing as a club so yes they're not the only one there's a bunch of clubs out there that are financially in a lot of trouble all right well we will uh call it here thanks a lot thanks again for listening uh follow us along on twitter and instagram at ghost gold pod at andrew Pissarro at asmos92 and at, at javier of nine 
until next time. See ya.